You're listening to the NFL on TuneIn. It's No Huddle with Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. Let's focus on the reigning champs from New England with our good friend Andy Hart, Patriots.com radio. Check out their outstanding audio content on the Patriots team channel here on TuneIn. Andy, we appreciate the time. So after all the trade talks surrounding Jimmy Garoppolo last year prior to the draft, why do you think the Patriots decided to trade him yesterday? And did you like the deal? Uh, I did not like the deal. Um, I don't think they maximized this asset. Um, I know there's some question as to what was available and could you get a number one pick and were the Browns offering the 12th pick? Um, you know, Mary Kay Cabot has sort of been on that story, and I, I think there's a good chance you could have gotten a number one pick and probably the 12th pick from the Browns. But in general, we know if you trade during the off season, you can get more in any sport. When you do it at the deadline, there's more limitations in terms of suitors available, how teams are made up at that point. There's a lot of different factors. Um, So I don't think a second-round pick for Jimmy Garoppolo in this sort of climate um, really got as much as you could have out of that asset. Now, in terms of the timing, I'm still stunned. Um, I don't really understand it, quite frankly. Um, You know, I had been told by people that, you know, they were considering the franchise tag. You know, they had sort of all along, dating back to the spring, thought if we need to, we can franchise tag him next winter, whether to keep him or to trade him in all likelihood, much the way they did with Matt Castle uh, back in the day, um, 2009. So what has changed? You wanted him here as an insurance policy. You know, I had talked to a lot of people that said, you know, EB12 method be damned. Bill's been around this league a long time, and he knows that people get old. He said it yesterday. It's year to year at this point with a guy like Tom Brady at 40. Well, that hasn't changed, so you're now rolling the dice over the second half of this season and beyond. Um, you know, Bill said the window. this was the last window they had to, to sort of do this. I just disagree with that. And, um, you know, he, he was very open saying it's very complex. I agree with that. And then he refused to answer any questions about the complexities, so we're all sort of left guessing. When you think about how... When you think about how Bill Belichick has gone about his trades, it's it's never been as complimentary, I would say, as we heard it from him yesterday and saying how he's going to a good coach there in San Francisco and Kyle Shanahan. He respects everything about what he does, what he's done with the quarterbacks. He's in a good situation. We very rarely hear that. So you, do you think it, it, it's it's kind of a – a connection to Tom Brady and they both have the same agent and just a respect factor to where, as you alluded to, it didn't happen during the off season, but it happened during the season. And because they held him for so long to not give him a better chance to go where he wanted to, that they kind of gave him a, let's just say a pass in a sense of how they normally handle trade situations. Certainly Bill Belichick likes Jimmy Garoppolo. He was very praiseful, you know, said great teammate, great person, good quarterback, good player, did everything they wanted him to do. He had a lot of great words for him. Um, that being said, if I'm Robert Kraft and I think he's doing Jimmy Garoppolo a favor more than looking out for the best interest of the New England Patriots, I'd be upset. And, you know, I also think a factor in here that's interesting is, is the Shanahan connection. Bill Belichick has a great relationship with Mike Shanahan, has a lot of respect for Mike Shanahan and Kyle Shanahan, you know, his son as a coach. So he, he's big into the football families. But, you know, that being said, if he didn't, you know, there's value in shipping him to the NFC, the other conference, because if he's as good as, you know, maybe Belichick thinks Jimmy Garoppolo can be, you might have to deal with him at some point. And it's certainly better to deal with him in the NFC and, and, you know, maybe in a Super Bowl is where you have to face off in a big game with him rather than, you know, in the regular season with regularity in the AFC or in the playoffs in the AFC to get to a Super Bowl. 
Um, I, I, I really do believe that Belichick likes Garoppolo, wants what's in the best interest of Garoppolo, but that has to come secondary to what he needs to do for the New England Patriots. And so I, I'm going to sort of take him at his word that this was the best available, but, you know, I thought John Lynch had the most telling comment last night in their introductory press conference when he said it took less than 10 minutes for them to decide to make this move. And this is a big deal. I mean, uh, the second-round pick is probably going to be the 33rd or 34th pick in the draft. They're sort of anointing a guy, their franchise QB, and it only took them 10 minutes to decide or less than 10 minutes. That tells me they think they're getting a hell of a deal, and that tells me Bill Belichick didn't maximize this as much as he should have either in the spring or even now. We are chatting with Andy Hart, Patriots.com Radio, Patriots Football Weekly. Andy, let me get you back to the win over the L.A. Chargers. Tom Brady sacked a handful of times on Sunday, but watching the game, were you pleased with his footwork and escapability, plus the work of the offensive line, because Brady could have taken, it felt like, a lot more hits when you consider how good Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa are. Yeah, no question. That's You know, Belichick called it a special pass rush. Um, those two had combined for, I think, 16 sacks coming in. Brady was sacked three times, hit a few times, but not as bad as it could be. And I think over the last three weeks, and Dante Scarnecchia, the legendary offensive line coach, talked about this today. He feels like they're trending in the right direction. He knows they have to be better. You know, Brady's still on pace to be sacked more than he's ever been sacked in his career. He's dealing with that shoulder injury at some point, so it's taken a toll. But especially considering Marcus Cannon left that game, uh, in the first half with an ankle injury and Ladrian Waddle had to come in. You know, I, I thought you didn't allow them to really kill Brady or really derail the passing game. It wasn't perfect. He was under a decent amount of pressure, but that's going to happen when you face defenses that are as good as that front with the guys that they can send at you. So, you know, listening to McDaniels and, and Josh McDaniels, the offense coordinator, and Dante Scarnecchia, the line coach, I do feel like they think they're going in the right direction. And they should. I mean, it's a veteran group. They've been together for a couple years. Other than Cannon, they've been relatively healthy. Um, you know, that's an area they need to be better because it doesn't get all that much easier. You come out of the bye, you got the Broncos with Vaughn Miller. Then you have the Raiders with Khalil Mack. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of Cameron Wake and, and the Dolphins front with Sue. So there's challenges on the horizon each week, it seems. So they hope they're right that they've sort of cleaned that area up. Why Brian Hoyer? Experience, you know, um, fit, you know, that right now I think the most important thing is getting a guy that can come in and be ready to play as soon as possible. And Hoyer's that guy. I mean, he's a guy that started 37 games in the NFL, three years with the Patriots, so he has an understanding of the system, but also time with Billy O'Brien in Houston, which is, you know, the Patriots system to some degree. Um, and right now, you know, I know a lot of New England fans, and there were stories, oh, you know, they're going to go sign Kaepernick. The Robert Kraft's going to do the NFL a favor and, and sign Kaepernick. I just don't think that makes sense. I mean, Kaepernick, I don't think, is a fit in the offense they run, has no experience with McDaniels or Belichick or this system. So even if you believe Kaepernick's a better player, and I can listen to arguments that say that, certainly. I think Brian Hoyer is what he is at this point. He's a journeyman backup. But that's what they need. And the reality is, if Tom Brady goes down, whether it's Kaepernick or Brian Hoyer, you're not winning. You're not winning the Super Bowl. So they needed a guy they were comfortable with, a guy that would fit right away, and that's what Hoyer was. Andy Hart, Patriots.com Radio is our guest. Check out all of their great audio content on the Patriots team channel here on TuneIn. Andy, we know the Patriots have more depth overall this year at the wide receiver position, but factor in losing Julian Edelman, 
in the preseason. What does Chris Hogan's shoulder injury mean moving forward? Yeah, that's not ideal. He has been big for them. Um, you know, we talked about it coming out of the summer that he might be ready for a nice jump. He's already got a career high in touchdowns, but he's just been catching big plays. You know, not just big plays down the field in terms of yards, but I mean, you know, it's third and 12. All of a sudden, it's Hogan for 16 to move the chains. You know, that reliability and trust factor. And certainly sounds like there's the potential, even coming out of the bye, that he could miss a little time here for a couple of weeks. And you're right, with Edelman already gone, this offense hasn't exactly hit its stride, which is weird to say because, you know, they are the number one offense in football based on yards and the number one passing attack and all that. Um, it hasn't been perfect with Brandon Cooks. He's been good, not great. Um, they've had to really rely on the passing backs. James White leads the team in, in reception. But, you know, even with that against San Diego, I think it was half the, you know, 160 yards went to the passing backs. But you didn't score a ton of points in that game. Um, so I certainly think they need Chris Hogan over the long run if they're going to be as good an offense as they can be. But they do have enough weapons with Cooks, Rob Gronkowski, and James White. I mean, that's a trio of weapons that I think any team would be happy to have. So they have enough to get by, but they need Hogan, you know, when, it, when the rubber meets the road later in the year. Andy, we're looking within the AFC North, excuse me, AFC uh, South, it is, excuse me, uh, AFC North. This football team has, has found a way to, I guess you could say, just overtake that division. You know, they find ways to beat the Jets regardless of how close those games are. They find ways to beat the Buffalo Bills regardless of how close those games are. Miami Dolphins as well. But this Buffalo Bills team is playing some of the best football in the National Football League, particularly on the defensive side of the football when it comes to takeaways. Do you think this New England Patriots team is gearing themselves up to have that battle against a team that's steadily getting better that end up picking up um, ben, what's it, uh, Calvin Benjamin from the Carolina Panthers? Yeah, I think they, um, they have some respect for what the Bills are doing this year. And I don't know how you couldn't. You know, they're, what is it, a half game back right now. You could be tied coming out of the bye with the Bills if they take care of business. Um, they went out and were aggressive at the trade deadline, made some moves. Um, and I think they're just playing solid football. Um, they need more offensively, and I think that's why you saw them go get Kelvin Benjamin. But, you know, if they're going to win the turnover battle, Belichick respects that as much as anyone. And they've, even though the Patriots have sort of dominated, quote-unquote, the Bills, they've been in a lot of dogfights with them and just pulled it out at the end. Well, you know, if things are closer and they're a little bit better and you're a little bit banged up, you know, you, you could be in another dogfight that you lose this time. Um, so, yeah, I think there is some healthy respect for what the Bills are doing. Now, we've seen other teams in the AFC East do this early in a year where a team you know, starts out with five or six wins and, okay, they're going to challenge the Patriots, and then it just all kind of comes falling down in the second half of the season. So, you know, that's the, the greatness of the Patriots is their consistency and their ability every year to improve as the year goes on. They're going to do that coming out of the bye. I'd be stunned if they didn't because they've done it virtually every year. Can the Bills do the same thing and build off of what they've put in the bank here sort of early in the season, put themselves in position to compete? Now they have to make good on that later in the year. But I certainly think the Patriots understand they need to play cleaner. Brady's been lucky with some throws. He's only got a couple picks, but he's had a couple that have been overturned by penalties and you know guys stepping out of bounds and various things here. Um, you know They need to clean it up and play more consistent football. They're, they're focused on the red zone more than anything else offensively their inability to, to capitalize on drives in the red zone. That's why you've seen the scoring down. And if you get, keep the scoring down, well, you're playing into the Bills' hands, and, and you're right. The way they play defensively, you might regret it later. So 
yeah, I think there's respect, but I still think there's the belief that the Bills need to prove they can do it over the long haul. Andy, as always, we appreciate the information. As we say goodbye, coming off Halloween, settle a dispute on this program. Did you wear a costume last night or not? Uh, I did not. I went as a grumpy old man who doesn't really like Halloween, so I just went as myself. Perfect. Right answer, because you have a brain that works. (laughs) Thank you, Andy. but my kids do enjoy it, so I oh, have your to kids do because they're kids. You're an adult. Hours. Adults don't wear costumes. Exactly. Thank you, Andy. You're following this. What he's saying, right? He's trying to basically say in so many words, it's okay that he didn't wear a costume because everyone else around him at work is wearing a costume. Is what he's saying. So you just want to see if someone uh, else followed the trend. So he's a turd in the punch bowl. There it is. There you go, my man. Thank you, Andy. I was going to say we can't let the inmates run the asylum here at Tuna, but we, we don't use that adage in 2017. Careful, don't get in trouble. I said asylum. Right. It's get a him. idiom. It's a figure of speech. Thank you, Andy. We'll chat with you next week. See you, guys. You've been listening to No Huddle with Brian Weber and former Steelers quarterback Cordell Slash Stewart live on the NFL on Tune. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. The National Football League is on. Tune in.